0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky.
0: Yo! What is going on, everybody? I'm Jimmy Kepsky with PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of BleedingGreenNation.com. Uh, this is a, a, a BGN episode, BGN radio
1: episode number 149. Thank you very much. Uh, there's a lot of bad things going on in Philly right now, Brandon. How you doing? That is the word out there, Jimmy. But uh, it's a good time for me, Jimmy, because clearly the Eagles made me look smart for once. There's no other way to start this podcast than me bragging <laughs> About how I correctly predicted the Eagles would tie the Bengals, and they did that, and now they're o two and one, and here we are, and no one cares, and life is great. Did you you said that on? Uh, I know you obviously you said it here on the podcast, but did you go on, did you say that on
0: Angelo too?
1: Yeah, yep, I said that on <laughs> Angelo. I was on with him. I think it was like last Thursday, <laughs> and he was like, "Brandon, what's the result of the game going to be? Are they going to win or lose?" He specifically asked me, "Like, are they going to win? or Are they going to lose?" And I'm like, Angelo. It's gonna be a tie, and he was like, "No, you can't say that." They were all mad. <laughs> Have you been back on there since then? I, yeah, Rhea had me back on a Monday, just real quick to to replay that, and then Jody played the Jody Mac played the clip last night. So so I get my little fifteen minutes of of fame uh, from this. No one cares, of course, but
0: it's not quite as good as Shield calling a Brandon Graham strip sack in the Super Bowl. I think yeah, almost the almost like to the, the second.
1: Which no is... one no one will ever top that. That is just <laughs> like, Still I, pretty I don't good, even though. know how uh, that happened.
0: And, and it's also, uh, so I guess that the, the shield, and then the other big one in Eagles media history is when Mosher in his 53-man projection, just out of the, bl- and he didn't have any inside info as far as I understand on this. He picked David Sims, who was at the time a safety for the Browns. He predicted that the Eagles are going to trade for that specific
1: guy and they did and he got it right. Deep cut there. Um, Jimmy, before we get started, obviously, BJN Radio brought to you by our new sponsor, Voting. Go out and register to vote. Uh, definitely do that. Vote.org, register, vote, important. And obviously, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, R I G H T E O U S F E L O N, righteousfelon.com. Righteous Uh, Some people had said uh, they couldn't hear me say that, so I wanted to spell it out. Shout out to BGN radio listener Walter from California in that regard. So, Jimmy, what do we got here? What do we do? I am almost – am I checked out on this team? It's it's hard to say. Yeah.
0: Let's start with the injuries because there's a whole slew of them. We're recording this uh, Wednesday evening after the initial Wednesday injury report just came out. So, well, first of all, Jalen Rager went to IR. Uh, a week later than we anticipated that to happen. Um, we get into the explanation on that, but I don't even think it's worth it because he's no. going to be out for a while. He's going to be out until at least November, uh, it appears. Del Scottert uh, also on IR, he's going to be out for a while. They signed Hakeem Butler, who was a draft Twitter favorite uh, a year ago. A lot of people thought he was going to go day two, including myself. I thought, he, I thought he would go day two. A lot of people thought he might sneak into the first round that didn't happen. He actually wound up being the first pick of the fourth round by the Arizona Cardinals. They cut him. The He made the team the first year. Didn't play at all. They cut him, I guess, at the end of camp this year. Panthers added him to their practice squad. Eagles poached him off their practice squad. He was a wide receiver in college. He was a wide receiver at the Cardinals and the Panthers. The Eagles are going to play him at tight end. So at least that's a more inspired signing than bringing back Richard Rodgers for the 14th time, which is nice. So they have that going for them. But quickly, I'll, I'll just go through all the injuries here on the injury report. Okay? So the following went to the revives. He's going 10 guys did not practice today. So we have J.J. Ortega Whiteside, Jamon Brown, Fletcher Cox, Jack Driscoll, Rudy Ford, Sean Jackson, Avante Maddox, Jason Peters, Trevor Williams. That's in alphabetical order. Now, the alarming thing on this list, if you notice, is that three offensive linemen are down with an illness. Hmm. So that doesn't seem great. So we'll see what develops from that. Maybe uh, there will be more news on that specific thing by the time this podcast episode is available to our listeners. Uh, So my apologies in advance if this is already dated news or whatever. Also limited today were Alshon Jeffrey, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, and Miles Sanders. So four important players there. Now, Brandon, they also have. <laughs> should we just go quickly go through all the guys that are on IR or pop too? Just, I mean, as long
1: as we're listing names here. Well, I'll just jump in and say that's literally twenty five percent of the roster right now because they made fifty two <laughs> players with Rager going to AR so or IR. IR so that's yeah. it's thirteen out of the fifty two players on the team are on the injury report. Okay. Great start. So uh, the other eleven guys that are either
0: on injury reserve pop. Or voluntary COVID opt out are, as we mentioned, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rager, Will Parks, Brandon Brooks, Isaac Samalo, Craig James, Josh Perkins, Andre Dillard, Vinnie Curry, uh, Deshaun Hall, Quez Watkins, and Marquise Goodwin. So yes, uh, as as they typically are, they are extremely banged up. I think this is actually probably the worst year so far. I mean, over the last four years of of how many you know injuries they're they're dealing with. So, you know, you excuse their performance, maybe a smidge. I think we're kind of at the point where when we look at injuries, is like sort of an excuse anymore, but they are extremely banged up, which is certainly a factor in the way that they're playing. But uh, Brandon, I guess we'll go back and we'll take a look back once again at the Eagles Bengals tie. Where should we start in that game?
1: I mean, I guess it has to be the punt, right, to me? I mean, yeah, I mean I that's, think so. that's, that's the biggest thing coming out of the game uh you know doug peterson after you know so the the big focus really was on like matt prior committing the penalty but like the penalty is there Like you can't change it like after the fact like it happened now you have to adjust and it seems like they're just so focused on like well it just didn't happen what did happen and now you have to make a decision that's the next best thing to do going forward so what did jimmy in the moment in the press box when i was there i was like incredulous with what I was seeing <laughs> unfold. I, yeah. I literally said out, you know me, I'm pretty quiet, you yeah, don't yeah, hear yeah. me say much anything, and said out loud, because I couldn't contain myself, I was like, he's playing for the tie! Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> my hands are my hands, like, like, what are you doing, Doug? Uh, what was your reaction?
0: Yeah, same thing. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I thought he was going to go out and kick, I thought he was actually going to make the 59-yarder. He made a 54-yarder earlier, had plenty of distance on that kick, He was going with—and that was against the wind. There wasn't a big—there wasn't, like, a lot of wind. I think it was, like, five miles an hour on ProFootballReference.com. So he was going the other way for this kick. So he was going with the wind. I thought he was going to make it. And then they have the false start. You move back. And at that point, your options are either to go for it. There's 19 seconds left. So they could have gotten, like, a pass. If they get get to the sideline and out of bounds, fine. You know, they didn't have any timeouts left. If they threw it over the middle, got tackled— I think they had enough time to run up, and spike it, and then try a field goal. Like they ha- they would have had to have get, gotten twelve yards, of course, because it was fourth and twelve. Um, so you know, if they do pick that up, I think they're able to get down and spike it quick enough. Or you can just kick the sixty-four yarder at that point. In the moment, I in my mind, I was like, just try it anyway. Screw it. Just just kick. Just try the sixty-four yarder. If he makes it, great. If not, then they're not going to score going the other way, more than likely, because then they have a couple options. The Bengals options would have been to kick a 64 yarder of their own because they would have gotten the ball at the Eagles 46 uh, or they could have tried a sideline throw, gotten out of bounds and then tried a shorter field goal. But of course, they didn't have any timeouts left either. So if they get tackled inbounds, they have no because, you know, the Eagles kicked the field goal make it, miss it, whatever, you're draining six, seven seconds, something like that off the clock. So they would not have had enough time to run up and spike it no matter what they ran. So in my view, like the Eagles kind of had first crack at a 64 yard field goal. They didn't get it. And the Bengals would have had a shot of their own. I think other people sort of felt that, um, you know, going for it on the fourth and 12 was the way to go. And that's fine. That's certainly better than the punt. Like the punt was like the last option for me by a country mile. Like don't play for the tie. Like I get that, like, the tie might help you down the line if you need it mm. for like to, to avoid a tiebreaker. And they already lost to the football team week one. So they're already kind of behind the eight ball in, in terms of division tiebreakers. They already lost to the Rams. It's an NFC lost. That's not going to help them either, obviously. So the tie in this situation, you know, maybe not that much worse in the standings than a loss. But for morale... Yeah, man, they needed this win. Like that tie does nothing for any kind of like that does not feel good, and it feels no different than a loss in my opinion. And uh, I I think they had to come out of this game with a win. And for him to punt and just say, you know, the best we can do is a tie, it's just crazy to me. And it's the opposite of what Doug has been through his career with the Eagles
1: here. Yeah, this is the guy who writes a book called Fearless and then punts (laughs) to, to tie and over. You play to win the game. As Herm Edwards said, <laughs> yeah I think the biggest problem or my biggest takeaway from that incident wasn't even so much about the game itself as the mess or the like decision, it was the messaging like that's that's my biggest issue with it. And like I keep thinking about what it actually meant for Doug Peterson to punt there. And I can't get over that like in my head, I'm envisioning this as Doug Peterson seeing Carson Wentz going back out in the field on that fourth and 12 because I believe he was doing that. And his visceral reaction, because this all happens so fast too. This isn't like there's a timeout and Doug has all day to decide this. This is happening in the matter of what? Like 30 seconds, 40 seconds? Whatever. Yeah, they had to make a quick decision. And I think Doug's visceral reaction to seeing Carson Wentz going back on the field was like, no, I don't trust that. And and that's a huge issue. And I don't blame Doug for feeling that way given how poorly Carson is playing. But that we've reached this point is a, whole, uh, it's a, it's a huge issue. Like, th- like, how about maybe empower Carson Wentz and empower your players and give them a chance to feel good about themselves? And really, um, one of my biggest issues with that game wasn't even the punt, but, like, getting to overtime. Like, just, I would have gone for two at the end of the game there. Like, their offense had not been looking good, so why would you feel good about it going into overtime? Like, just get two yards, or, or don't, and you lose, and, like, what's what's to lose? You're 0-2 anyway. Like, the season is already kind of on the brink. So I would have just went for the two there. Yeah, I, I just think the the messaging that that decision sent is very poor. You know, the coach doesn't believe in the players, and that can be kind of reciprocated. Maybe the players aren't believing in the coach at that point, too. It's, it's just definitely an issue.
0: Yeah, on the two-point conversion, I was sort of torn on that. I kind of leaned toward not going for the two there and just mm. beating them in overtime. I guess my reasoning on that, like on the – on the positives, on the like the go for it side my head, I was like, well, Wentz was a stud all last year uh, in the red zone and in those kinds of situations. But obviously this year, <laughs> you know, not so much in any facet of the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess they did kind of have a long drive, a uh, long scoring drive. And Wentz, I think Wentz showed something in that drive and uh, at, at certain parts of the game where things weren't. In fact, let's, let's just get to Wentz at this point. Yep. Another bad performance by him. The accuracy is brutal, and at least he, you know, but 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 for me, at least at least like he did make some plays with his legs. I forget how many rushing yards he had, but it was like around like sixty, right, something like that. And like he ran hard, he was like running guys over, and I think he kind of realized in his head like things aren't working for me throwing the ball, so I got to make up for it in some way. And he was just taking off downfield and and trying to make plays, almost kind of realizing maybe maybe some self awareness that like. If I get hurt, like, who cares because I'm playing like crap, you know what I mean? So, like, I have to make something happen here. And he did on on a number of occasions, escaping the pocket and, and uh, getting first downs. And obviously the touchdown run was really nice. But, you know, he's three for three in terms of uh, bad games so far this year. And they're all kind of, like, different in their own way. Like, week one, you know, the offensive line was bad. Uh, so you maybe forgive that a little bit. But, um, you know, made some dumb decisions in that game with the sideline throws that got picked off. Week two, a little bit of a mix of the bad decision, uh, you know, on the on the throw to uh, JJ that got picked. But really just bad accuracy. And then in this game, it was really just bad accuracy across the board. So it's concerning that, I mean, it's more than concerning at this point that uh, he's now three for three in terms of three bad games at three.
1: He has like the NFL's lowest passer rating. He has the NFL's lowest passer rating from a clean pocket. He's he's 68.9 per pro football focus. It's terrible. So it's not even just like the offensive line is terrible and he's not getting time. He's getting time. He just can't make accurate throws. It's a huge issue. And especially it's it's on those throws towards the sideline. And, you know, you think of the one that Miles Sanders could have had maybe for a touchdown. And, like, Sanders, like, he puts his arms up when he sees that ball thrown out of bounds. Like, he's just like, you know, WTF. Like, what is this? Like, I'm not not even getting a chance to make the play. And I feel like that has to be so demoralizing for not only the skill players, um, but for the offensive line, too. Like, you know, they're blocking their butts off. Jason Peters is getting, like, destroyed. Um, and Peters you know, is cooked. He is. But, like, you know, let's say, like, he has a good rep. And he's like, okay, you know, I did it. And then Carson just, <laughs> like, you know, does that. It's like, oh, well, geez, like, I'm getting killed. I finally do something fine. And then, like, the quarterback can't even give us a shot. Um, so it's it's totally demoralizing. Yeah, I do agree. You know, at the end, he showed some signs of life, and that was better to see than nothing. But, I mean, like, come on. What are we talking about? Like, you need to – this is your $128 million quarterback, and, like, the best thing we can say is that, like, he got the Eagles to overtime against the Bengals. Like, it's just – it's not good enough. And it's it's really a huge issue, the accuracy. I mean, the turnover-worthy plays, again, another PFF metric here, but, like, it's twice as many as the next quarterback. It's, like, 12. He's 12. The, the, the next closest quarterbacks are six. If you look at on target throw percentage, he's down there with like Mitchell Trubisky and and Dwayne Haskins. It's like, it's all, he's playing to the level of where he could reasonably be benched just based on merit. Like, he's he's playing awful. It's terrible. And I reached a point in Sunday's game to me where I was like, I'm not saying he should be benched right now, but I am saying, like, I just, I feel like Jalen Hurts would bring more life to this offense. How could you not feel that way? How, like, everyone might not be ready to admit that. And this isn't to say that Hurts like, fixes everything. And obviously, you can't pull Wentz because once you do that, you you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah, it's a franchise-changing um, decision if you do that. But, like, Potentially. You, it's it's hard not to think about that, right? Like, it's hard yeah. not to think. And obviously, this is the can of worms that the Eagles opened by taking Jalen, Jalen Hurts. And Doug Peterson getting that question on WIP on Monday morning. <laughs> right. So, it's, it's a terrible situation to be in.
0: I wonder if anyone's ever – I mean, do, do people put toothpaste back in the tube? Have, have you, you ever tried p- it?
1: I haven't tried it. It would be pretty. So, what would you do? Like, you're putting it on the toothbrush first, and then you're like, "Oh, wait, I have too much." And then you're trying to put it back <laughs> in. Like, what's the situation here? I guess. Sure. Let's go with that. Anyways. Tweet us if you have uh, <laughs> hashtag BGN toothpaste.
0: Yeah. So, if you bench once at this point, it's not like Jalen Hurts is saving your season. You know, like the season's just going downhill. Mm-hmm. So. The only way I think they bench Wentz, and I'm not saying this is necessarily the, the right thing, but I the, the way that I think they'll play it is if they're mathematically eliminated. It has to get to that point where they're just done. And the way that they can sort of sell that um, to, the, to the fan base or whoever is, you know, let's get a look at the kid and we got to make sure that we keep Wentz healthy for next year. Uh, and then, you know, that way they get a look at Wentz, but they're not committing to you know, necessarily benching him. Although certainly that's the way that I would write it. And I'm sure that's the way that you would write it too. Um, But, you know, with Wentz, or excuse me, with the offense now uh, without Rager and without Deshaun Jackson, who I forget exactly when he came out of that game, second quarter, something like that. Yep, They're right back to the same boring ass, slow, Mm. plotting, chain to chain, garbage offense that we've seen each of the last two years, (laughs) like with just no juice whatsoever. And you know what? It's probably going to be that for a while. Like Deshaun (sighs) is, you know, the, the soft tissue injury, you know, spiral has already begun spiraling there. Um, So I believe that'll probably be an issue for the, for the rest of the year for him. They tried to sort of keep him fresh by limiting his reps and his snaps rather uh, for the first few games but the hamstring got him. It only took him until week three, and uh, we're probably going to see that the rest of the year. So <sighs> there's just nothing fun about this team, is what I'm getting. At. <laughs> like there's just nothing. It's the same team that we saw the last two years. There's just nothing fun about them. They're not not even the last two years. Like same as last year. There's just it's just they're not only bad now. Like at least they were at nine and seventeen each of the last two years. But they're not. They're just bad now. But also there's just nothing fun and exciting about them. They got nothing. It's going to be yeah. a miserable, te- miserable team to cover all year, and for the fans, it's going to be a miserable team to watch. So keep, keep listening,
1: to <laughs> and Radio, for, for all of your, cover, your Eagles coverage. Um, I guess it's on us, Jimmy, to make it fun somehow. But it's hard. It's hard. How, how do we? Because you're right. There's there isn't a lot of fun. I mean, if you want to look at the positives from the game uh, against the Bengals, the defensive line came alive. You know, they had eight sacks. That was so that was so much more than I even realized. Like when they got there, they, they hit I was them 18 like, times. By the way, Joe Burrow is like. That dude is tough because yeah. it
0: wasn't just eighteen hits. Like he took some shots in that game, especially that, that shot by Malik Jackson. He, yeah. he missed one snap and he was back in. How the, yeah. how the hell did he do that? Like it's crazy how quickly he came back from that hit. He got destroyed. Like it looked to me like remember the, like the Dero McDougal hit on uh, Eli Manning when Manning was a rookie. Like it yeah. looks similar to like similar to that hit to me. The way that like uh, Burrow's head like jerked forward. I thought like he was. I thought he was going to be done for the day after that hit, and it was like okay, well, they're, I'm thinking who's their who's their backup, Finley, something like that, uh, and they're going to lose. Like the Eagles are going to win this game because of that hit. He was mm-hmm. back in like like one snap later, very impressed with him. But yeah, like you said, eight sacks, eighteen hits. They played well,
1: but the part of the problem there was like they should have like this Bengals offensive line is trash. They had been allowing the third most hits or third most pressures in the NFL leading into. Sunday's game, so like they should have won that matchup, and they did to their credit. But like, you know, are we going to see that same kind of performance week in, week out? Because we didn't really see it so much in the first two weeks. So uh, I don't know really what to make of that going forward. Uh, Darius Slay is playing well, but like, who cares? Like, what? <laughs> <What's> <laughs> well, he the almost
0: impact? won. Them, he almost won the game. Really, he's probably most responsible for them getting the tie that they got because mm-hmm. he he was awesome in overtime. He the one PVU. Then the other play that he made or they caught it on him, but he was well short of the sticks and, and he made the tackle. By the way, nice job tackling by Slay so mm. far this year. Definitely shown effort, like missed a couple tackles, I think, week one, but there haven't been any effort issues at all with him that we saw in uh in, in Detroit. But yeah, I'm with you. Like, yeah, so like I get it. These high priced um trade acquisition from from the offseason, they give about three of a five. Uh the contract is a little bit more team friendly than originally thought when the when the, the initial numbers came out but they're paying him a lot nevertheless and he cost two draft picks to get and they're O2 and 1
1: and he's going to be 30 in January so this yeah. isn't like this long it's not like you know <laughs> yes. you trade for a guy who's like 24 and he's like this long-term building block like he's not he's not even going to be you know if this team continues to bottom out like he's not going to be part of this winning core right. forward like right. like so and part of the the my complaint at the time with the Slay trade, wasn't that like, it was never about him being this awful player. Like that's not why people were skeptical of the Slay trade. It was about like opportunity cost and the fact that you are you only have so many resources to use and you're pouring them into this cornerback instead of getting a proven wide receiver like a Stephon Diggs or a DeAndre Hopkins, or even if you wanted to sign like a Robbie Anderson or Brashad Perriman for agency, and you couldn't to some extent because you used cap space on Slay. And, and also even applying it to the draft too. Hey, guess what? It's a lot easier to trade up for CD Lamb maybe if you don't give up the 3 and the 5 that they did that's um, for slay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like so that's part of the that's part of the frustration here. I think Slay is having a great season, but it's just like, okay, what does it really matter? Like what impact are they getting out of him? And that's frustrating. And then uh you still have Greg Ward down here on the positives <laughs> on, on the sheet here, to me. And look, I love Greg Ward. Like it's a stretch. nothing <laughs> What's that? It's a stretch. I, I'm yeah, and I I have nothing like bad to say about him. Yeah, he's fine, like, but like he's averaging like what like nine yards per catch. <laughs> like, yeah, like, great. Like he's a good slot receiver. You know, you, have, you, can, you can. But like it's just it's not really anything to be excited about. It's just solid. He's solid. You know, he's he's nice an okay stat. slot receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's not dynamic. You know, he's not so you ideally you could do better. Uh, so yeah, not a lot of positives about this team, and and just you know looking at the big picture here. Like, I just don't feel good about it, Jimmy. And you're saying it. Like, we've seen these issues. And it goes back to Howie Roseman for me. It really does. And I just don't really feel confident in him (laughs) at all. And I don't know how you could. This team, part of the reason they're not fun is because they don't have, like, young, exciting players to be excited about for the future. Even if they're bad now, it's like, well, at least you can look at, you know, these guys who are young and they could be part of a core down the line. Like, they don't even have that. Yeah. So, it's really frustrating um it's not fun and uh it's the second most expensive roster in football like howie roseman assembled the second most expensive roster in football and they're oh two and one they could easily be oh and three my perception or my understanding you know jimmy of like of the team's confidence in themselves this year like they had no idea they were going to be this bad and i don't you know i guess a lot of teams don't realize they're going to be bad or as bad as they are, every team's gonna be hopeful. But like I don't even think this was on their radar. I honestly don't. I don't think they had any kind of thought they could be this bad. And they are. So that's the reality they're living in. What was the,
0: the thing I'm just coming up with this uh off the top of my head here, but there was uh the I think it was, was it Jason Fitzgerald of Over the Cap put something out that you wrote about about the Eagles having the the least flexibility least for Flexible roster. Yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, because they've kicked the can down the road so many times <laughs> with mm-hmm. uh with uh some of their more expensive players, so it's hard to get rid of a bunch of them. But uh, we'll get we'll get to that general theme after the break. But before that,
1: you know, hey, I have yes? a question for you before you okay. get to this. All right. Uh, do you know who would never punt in overtime? <sighs> I think you're about to tell me who it is.
0: Yeah, I'd probably go with Chris and Roach. Uh, yeah, Roach Trailers. That's it. Or Stephanie Roach of Roach Realtors. She would never punt in overtime. She goes for it uh, 100% of the time. If you were to sell or buy a home, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors will not punt on that deal, baby. (laughs) She was voted top realtor in the universe by uh, all the uh, presidents and lords and queens and kings in the land. So if you are buying, selling, or renting a house, call Kristen Roach at 856 906 Nine two nine five again eight five six nine zero six
1: nine two nine five Brandon. I guess we'll be back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, episode one forty nine. Jimmy, what are we going to talk about now? Yeah. So I, I don't know.
0: At what point do they become sellers? At this point, You're
1: like well, they should be.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. For me, it's now. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I can already see that. This roster is just—they're done. Like the the nucleus that they had from their Super Bowl season that they've been trying to sort of build around and you know sustain success with—it's just they're—they're just not going to contend anymore at this point. You have to—you have to sort of change your roster strategy going forward because that Super Bowl team is just—I mean—it's over. (laughs) They—they got to go in another direction because that nucleus is, is. as sort of just generally as a whole, they're kind of becoming cooked. I'm not saying like you get rid of every guy from from the Super Bowl, you know, run or whatever. But they as sort of as a group to build around, uh-uh, not anymore. Like I think if you can sort of trade off some of the assets that you have, then you like you do it and you make that decision to do it now. Like you don't w- like you don't wait. You don't see like what you can do this year. Can you still win the division? Don't care. Like, it doesn't matter because if you win the division, it's only because the rest of the division is absolute garbage. But you're, you're not realistically going to compete for a Super Bowl. And the odds of you even winning the division at all are like so slim right now. Like, do you see any way that they can possibly win eight games this year, for example? That's probably yeah, what so it'll
1: take, right? Before the Bengals game last week, I went through like win loss for the rest of the schedule. Should have done it on the podcast last I week. I did too. Didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I You want to do, eight-
0: eight- do it right now? Let's start right now.
1: We can. Let's yeah. call
0: an audible right now. Let's, Let's go through. It. Let me
1: um, just pull up their schedule. This is the kind of preparation you get here, PG. Well, <laughs> oh, I don't mean, this only
0: takes a second. It's fine. So at San Francisco, loss, loss, Uh at Steelers,
1: loss. loss. like I, I've seen. I want to <laughs> jump into here real quick. I've seen so many people. I don't know why, because I did that prediction, and they're like, "Oh, they can beat the Steelers." Like, why? Like, why are people saying that? <laughs> yeah. Like, what
0: makes you think they can beat the Steelers? You anyway,
1: be. anyway, though, loss. Ravens. Loss. I mean, loss. <laughs> Giants. Win. They can beat the win. Giants. Yeah. Cowboys. Loss.
0: Yeah, I think they get swept this year by the Cowboys, at Giants.
1: Uh, win again.
0: Win. I agree. They'll sweep that team's. That team is. That's the worst team in the league. They're worse than the Jets. It's funny that both the both the New York teams are the two worst. They're the worst two teams in the league. Anyway, uh, at Browns. Uh, loss. Loss. Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm you can say, say it. Now. <laughs> uh, at Packers. Loss.
1: Loss. Saints loss
0: at cardinals loss
1: at cowboys i i could see them winning one cowboys game i'm not going to say it's the most likely but like me being generous <laughs> yeah. i'll give it to them one and then uh football team i mean they lost to them before
0: <laughs> i'll give them a win in that one okay. and i'll give them and i have losses all the ones that you just said lost for too. so uh-huh. i have them, you know i have them at three wins but i think they'll win one of those games i won't pick
1: individually like which one it'll be but they'll win one of those games that we gave them losses for so when I went through my version, like I tried to be <laughs> optimistic, you know, like I, I gave him like a win over the Saints. <laughs> yeah, um, I gave him like the gimme games that you would just think on paper if you're like kind of optimistic, and I only still got the eight and eight, like at the very best. So, so yeah, I, I just don't know what it does for this team. Like if they win the division, like because my... Agree. Nothing. My my fear, which I said last week, was that like my worst case scenario for the season is that they they go to and be this mediocre team again. They don't change anything because that's that's kind of where they've been to this point, and that's the issue with this team. They've deluded themselves into thinking they're so much closer and so much better than they really are. They have no sense of, or at least it's my understanding, they've like they don't have the sense. Of how good they are, like I mean, maybe more so now that they're sobering up because of, of the losses and whatnot, maybe. But coming into the year, again, they had like no idea they were going to be this bad. They, they they thought I think they were so much closer than they they really are.
0: I did not expect
1: them to be this or anything close to this.
0: Like I thought they were still good, but I was wrong clearly. But they are way way worse than I could have ever imagined. I mean, to to go zero, and 2, 0 2 and one. After like, what the Washington football team, the Bengals, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you essentially lost both of those games. Yeah, I know the one's a tie, but like, come on, like, are you kidding me? So for me, they're sellers right now. They should be sellers right now. But if they go o five and one, do you think they actually
1: sell? They have I to, mean, right? They might, but I only think that looks like someone getting traded like one it could be one guy i, I don't think there's going to be this mass sell-off i mean we just don't really see that in the nfl I, I think there should be and i would do that but i just don't think they're gonna do that i've been meaning to look at like the trade deadline deals to see if there has
0: been a team that sold off like three different players i know there's I, mean, I know that they've there have been teams that like got that traded, you know two mm-hmm. but i'd have to look to see how many like went on went full fire sale at the trade deadline
1: yeah, I mean kind of like the Dolphins last year you could kind of say. They didn't do it like all just right before the deadline. They did it over time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of, like Fitzpatrick, Make it Fitzpatrick and yeah, yeah. and other guys, but yeah. uh but yeah. So, and I would trade honestly anyone. Like no no one is off the table. Like, I I would trade pretty much anyone. Yeah. What about and you? that's sort of like a sobering thing about this roster is like nobody should be
0: considered off limits.
1: Yeah. No, literally no one. Nobody. Like
0: Well, I mean, Wentz, because you can't trade him. Like, there are certain guys that you can't trade just because the uh, dead money would be, like, absurd. But, Mm -hmm. for example, like, Fletcher Cox, you can get, like like, a late one for him. Bye. Like, that's a pretty easy decision. If you can trade Zach Ertz for, you know, a two, I'd do that. Deshaun Jackson, someone wants some speed. Think that like maybe he can play a game here or there down the stretch. and They're going to give me like a, a day three pick for him, even if it's like a late day three pick. I'll do that. Alshon Jeffries, Jeffries. I just can't believe I just <laughs> said Jeffries. Alshon Jeffries. If uh, you know, I th- you know, like you and I were both kind of a, of the mindset that like if uh, it, like they probably shouldn't if they could avoid playing him then. Like if the if the receivers are playing well, then maybe mm-hmm. you don't shoe him, shoehorn him back into the lineup. But as soon as he's ready to go, like I have him right back in there. And not only do I have him right back in there, but like I'm force feeding him targets like crazy and seeing if I can sort of build up his stats yeah. and trick some team into giving you literally anything for him yep. just to get his money off of your off of your bucks. Uh, so if you can get anything for him whatsoever, then I would trade him
1: too, obviously. I would do all that. I would just want a general <laughs> manager who can make good picks because we're not seeing that. We're kind of not seeing these good young players. I want to read you two tweets to me. Uh, here from friends of the podcast, people I admire. Uh, Derek, you know, Eagles blog tweeted out during the game on Sunday. I know Lurie's at the game, but I wonder if he's really watching. If he is, he can't miss the pervasive rot throughout this roster. Ooh. They're they're old, bad, and expensive. Howie Roseman is responsible for all three. Ooh. Cosign. Great tweet. Uh, and Noah Becker, another good friend. The Eagles have next to no identity. They're not good and young. They're not explosive. They're not methodical. They're not analytically ahead of the game. They are a moribund team that can put together some adequate individual individual performances that add up to nothing. So I thought those two tweets kind of sum it up nicely. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with either of those. Yep. Uh, So yeah sell definitely sell I don't know I I have a hard time believing it until I see it you know again more than like maybe one trade but I mean they should they're they're really in the position to do it I don't really know what you're gonna like because what are you really talking yourself into if you keep these guys that you're gonna be able to like turn this thing around quick I don't think so like you you need to tear this thing down if you're gonna be oh five and one. Like, this isn't a quick fix kind of thing. You're getting older. You're, t- you're up against the cap. You need to infuse this team with young talent. Howie been said at the beginning of this year, and how do you do that? Well, you sell off your older players, and you get some picks, and you start building around those. Yeah, and not only, like, getting picks for those guys, too, but you also get them off your books. Like, you start to – your
0: cap situation in 2021, you're already going to have to make tough decisions next offseason anyway. So if you can get them off the books – now, I mean, you may as well just do it now and get some picks while you still can. And by the way, like at the trade deadline, there's never there, – there isn't a better seller's market than at that time. So like you're not going to get anything more for these guys during the off season than you will like r- like r- right around this time of year because mm-hmm. that's when teams are looking to buy. That's when teams think that like they can compete for a Super Bowl. That's when teams sort of have holes Open up because of injuries or whatever, and there are plenty of teams that could use guys like Zach Ertz or Fletcher Cox, um, maybe less so with Deshaun and Alshon, but you know certainly Cox and Ertz can really help a team sort of get to where they want to go. And I think the Eagles could you know actually get some decent return for those two guys. So get it while you can, but instead of just waiting around and and you know having uh, Ertz continue to stew about his contract and. And uh, you know, Fletcher Cox is, is a year older next year when if you do go young, by the way, you're probably looking at another down year in twenty twenty one, but probably for the good of the long term. And then you can maybe once you're cap healthy again, you can maybe start to thinking about uh, making another new run in twenty twenty two and
1: beyond. So the Eagles have a game this week to me, after yes. <laughs> after talking about all that. <laughs> Woo <laughs> uh, big Sunday night football matchup national television the 49ers yeah. and the Eagles. Yeah. Jimmy, national
0: audience. They're going to get, they're going to get pumped in this game. I think <laughs> you, you have written
1: down on the sheet. Do we even care about matchups at this point? Both yeah. teams extremely banged up for a week four game.
0: Yeah. I wrote, uh, I, you know, every, every week I write five matchups to watch and I try to take a, you know, pretty hard look at whoever they're playing. Um, it's easy in weeks, obviously when they play NFC's rivals or teams that they play often like the Seahawks or whoever. Um, you know, a little more difficult last week with the Bengals. They haven't played the 49ers in a while, so that was like, you know, a different look or whatever. But like I'm as I'm writing this, I'm like, does anybody even care? Is anyone mm-hmm. even gonna read this anymore? So at some point, like I might not even do these five matchups anymore. It might just be like, you know, like five things to watch. Like, can this young guy maybe show something for the future or something like that? But
1: which one? There's a lot to choose from. <laughs>
0: yeah like hakeem butler or something <laughs> or mm-hmm. something like that but uh yeah it's just uh it's again like does anyone really care but it's what we have here are it's it's inc- like we rattled off all the eagles injuries at the top of the podcast here and the niners have like their share like i mean they have like a super long list of uh like legitimate players who are hurt too I've never seen a list of injuries as long as the Eagles and 49ers have combined in a week four game ever. It's crazy how many injuries they have, but I'll take the Niners' depth all day uh, over the Eagles' depth. I know you had something like uh, uh, Jim Schwartz's uh, history against uh, Mr. Kyle Shanahan.
1: Yeah, if you're looking for a reason to be optimistic, so it's not all doom and gloom here if, if you're that's what you're looking for if you're looking for a, a ray of sunshine sunshine in this very dark depressing episode of bg and radio so I was like all right you know uh if, if you're trying to look at this game from an eagles optimist perspective you could point out how the 49ers have only beaten the giants and jets you know two two like you said two of the worst teams in the nfl um you could also point out that jim schwartz's defenses Dating back to 2009, and, you know, th- this is like over different teams and different positions, like Jim Schwartz, a head coach at one point, Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, and also off- offensive coordinator. But, yeah, so you look at that history. What made me think to go back and look at this was that game in 2016, you know, when the, the Falcons won the Super Bowl. Bowl yeah, year. and the Eagles, yeah, beat, their beat, offense them. Was Eagles beat them handily in that game. Yeah, and the Eagles held them to their, like, worst performance all year. Um, and, obviously, we know the Eagles weren't even good that year. Um, you know, it's the first year of Jim Schwartz being the Eagles' defensive coordinator. But yeah, so anyway, uh, 15.5 points per game in in those six meetings. That's mm. pretty good. Yeah, and, that is good. And, and Jim Schwartz's side is five and one in those games too. The only game they lost was like a, a 13 to 12 loss, so like by one point And and you know, uh, Schwartz's offense could only put up 12 points in that game. Uh, I think he's with the Titans still at the time, defensive coordinator there. So uh, between like that and the Eagles' defensive line coming alive like last week maybe if they can kind of have some another great performance again this week like that to me. I so with that too, I think there's I think there's a chance the defense can kind of like hang in and make this thing winnable if the offense came alive but I just don't think the offense is going to come alive. Nate Gary's gonna have a bad day. <laughs> That's a problem because <laughs> they like to run the ball a ton to begin with.
0: They're like the Rams in that respect and that you gotta sort of stop their run first and foremost. Because once they get that run game going, they, it makes things easier for their mediocre quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Probably not going to see him this week. It'll probably be Nick Mullins. But, you know, they, they have similar styles. They really like to operate in the passing game in that short to intermediate uh, area of the field, which is where Nate Gary resides. Uh, of course, they have the best tight end in the NFL in George, in George Kittle, uh, who will uh, probably see a lot of Nate Gary. And he's fine. Like so, he practiced in full today. My understanding is, uh, so you know, he practiced in full on Wednesday. He's gonna play on Sunday this week. So uh, I fear for Nate Gary, who actually was okay week one, and then week two gives up. <laughs> gives you know, Tyler Higby as a career day against him, and then week three really bad outing for him. So uh, not looking good for Nate and the Eagles linebackers. By the way, Davion Taylor. Sean Bradley, we've not seen that. I mean, I guess we saw Bradley for like like two or three snaps, I think, week one. Haven't seen either of those guys since. Davion Taylor, I don't think we've talked enough about how bad of a pick that was. Hmm. Like, what are you doing? It's a position that you don't even prioritize in the first place, and you're going to take a project at that on day hmm. two? Come on. There's other linebackers available like who are playing like right now and actually contributing, like uh, uh, Akeem uh, Davis-Gaither, for example. We just saw him against the. He was he was. uh there's one player he covered. I think it was Sanders down the sideline, blanket him. Not the one where Sanders got wide open. And he's he's playing for the Bengals right now and contributing for them. Went like a few picks after Davion Taylor. Davion Taylor. I mean, he's barely even playing on special teams. So you have like your second and third round picks who really aren't playing at all. And I mean, we we I think we touched on that in the, in the last episode
1: too. But uh, anyway, kind of got off track there. Going to be a long day for the Eagles, I think. The Giants lost by 27 points against this 49ers team that <laughs> yeah. was missing Jimmy G, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Tevin Coleman, Debo Samuel, Richard Sherman, D Ford, and some more guys. Like that team with all those injuries still blew out the Giants. And now, yes, the Giants are bad, and that's obviously a big part of that. But like, Still, you gotta give the forty nine some credit here. <laughs> like they, they rallied and now in theory they should only be getting better. You know, they don't have to travel. They're at home for whatever that's worth. Oh, yeah. and they're getting better. They're okay. getting better here because, you know, Kittle's coming back, like you said. Yeah, they've got to return from injury. Yeah, Debo Samuel might be back this week after I think missing the first three games on IR. So so they're gonna even be they're gonna be even better. And Nick Mullins is like not. He's bad. a legit keep the team afloat backup quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, and he had great, obviously put up great numbers against the Giants defense last week in terms of like, like over 100 passer rating, um, only one touchdown, but you know, no 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 interceptions. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I just look at this and I'm like, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding the Eagles optimism. I think the defense can, again, like be a little bit better than people expect it to be and not totally get destroyed, kind of maybe keep it a little competitive. But like, I just fail to see how this offense is going to, you know, keep pace, especially with the injuries. I mean, like you said earlier, like Sanders is hurt now, so I mean he's limited. I'm guessing he's going to play, but maybe you can't ride him as hard as you would like to, and and kind of need to with Wentz struggling as much as he is. Like, ah, uh, it's cyclical. I just, <laughs> just how, going how to start worried? How worried about? How worried are you about him two weeks in a row getting tired? Yeah, I mean that's a big issue. If if that's why, not why he's playing. I mean, the Eagles needed him. Well, he said he said we after week two he we got tired. Mm-hmm. And then, and that
0: was his first game back. This right, so you you forgive that. But then week three, Doug says he got tired because they really needed to lean on him for two reasons. One, the Bengals suck against stopping the run, and two, yeah, you your quarterback is struggling enormously. So like, I felt like Miles Sanders is probably going to get like twenty five to thirty carries. I mean, that doesn't happen that much in the NFL these days, but he got eighteen carries. But 18 carries isn't much when you consider that the game went to overtime and they had what, like 90-something snaps overall?
1: Yeah, Carson had like 47 throws and you're yeah. only running Sanders 18 times, even though he's like killing it on the ground. He had like, I think, 5.7 yards per carry or whatever it was. He was doing great. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, like, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it with where this offense is going to be able to, to kind of keep pace with, with what I think the 49ers can do, even, even with the injuries. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, I already said the stat about the, you know, Schwartz's defense, but... I think they're going to figure it out. So, yeah, just not feeling optimistic, Jimmy. <laughs> All right, we we'll probably get to our final segment, right? <laughs> we'll come,
0: yeah, we'll come back
1: with our NFC picks. Well, Jimmy, before we do that, I uh, <laughs> want to tell you that I'm going to go off the script a little bit here and tell you about you know our sponsor, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. I've been thinking about it more and more, as I do, as I often think about righteous felon and craft jerky. And Jimmy, really, it's like a win-win-win. Like, everyone's winning here because you, the consumer, the listener, you're supporting yourself by getting, you, getting yourself some, like, great, high-quality meat snack products. And, you know, it's not just the jerky. They also have artisan snacks available on their website. You can check it out. Um, you're supporting a local business. You know, this, they're from Westchester. They're Eagles fans, at least some of them. Dan Klausner, who works there, obviously an Eagles fan, our, our good friend and former BGN radio member here, uh, Dan Klausner. So you're supporting yourself, you're supporting local business, and you're supporting us, the podcast that you're listening to, which is free. You know, a lot of a lot of paywall sites, and I don't, I guess there's paywall podcasts too, uh, but not here. You know, it's free. So everyone wins when you go to RighteousFelon.com and you use discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that's RighteousFelon.com. And Discount code BGN15 to get 15% off your order. So go do it, Jimmy.
0: Yeah, and buy a house too, by the way. Back after this.
1: <laughs> Back here on BGN Radio, episode 149 for our final segment. It might be the Jimmy, I don't even know if people are listening by now because <laughs> they're, they're just too depressed. But it's kind of just, we're keeping it real, you know? And, and obviously, like I said last week, you know, I feel like you kind of have to call out the bad times. To kind of put pressure on the team and force them into being good. So well, at least I mean, that's you got to be objective.
0: You, you praise yeah. them
1: when they're good, and you slam them when they're bad. It's just how it goes. Let's get to the picks, but before we do, I should point out that I am five and six on the year. You are six and five in our against the spread. So you're ahead of me. You went three and one last week. I went two and two. Uh, but straight up, when our Eagles picks, you are o oh, two and one. So you've not correctly predicted an Eagles game this year. Well, I'm one <laughs> right. and two because I predicted the tie, which is such a a gutsy move by me, if I may say so. Again, myself. I am I am impressed by the tie call. That was good. Uh, but let's get to the picks against the spread, starting with Ravens, the thirteen point favorites after losing to Chiefs against football team. It's a big number. I'll take the Ravens. <laughs> I'll lay the thirteen on that. Football team's terrible,
0: and the Ravens are coming off a loss, uh, so they're going to want to get right again. I mean, not that they're gonna, you know, want to lose <laughs> any game, but uh, I think they're gonna be a little extra motivated after uh, a, a national television, nationally televised game against the Chiefs. They'll come out and they'll destroy this bad Washington football team.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't think the Ravens losing to the Chiefs was at all an indictment of the Ravens, as it was. The Chiefs are just so freaking awesome, and like, there's almost just nothing you can do. Um, I think they'll figure it out. Football team is terrible. Dwayne Haskins, like, I've never been in on that guy. I mean, I guess they have to play him because, like, what are you really going to accomplish? Yeah, who
0: cares? What are you going to get from looking at um, uh, Kyle Allen? Yeah, Kyle Allen. And then I guess they still have Alex Smith, too. Mm -hmm. Um, What what are you going to accomplish by putting either of those guys in the game? It doesn't make any sense. So you, you play him. You play him out the year. You see if, like, he can catch fire. If he does, great. If not, then you're looking at drafting a quarterback next year.
1: Yeah, he's but he's terrible. He stinks. Browns. Oh, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. Ravens minus thirteen. Uh, Browns at Cowboys. The Cowboys are four point five favorites in this one. That line seems low. Hmm. Do, are we underselling the Browns here?
0: Well, am I? I don't know what your thoughts are on them, but what did they do last? Oh, they they played the football team, right? They beat them pretty easily, right? Yeah, two touchdowns, I think. And then the week before, they beat the Bengals pretty easily, although oh, the scoreboard. Showed that it was a little, you know, made you believe it was a little closer than it was. You know what? I'm gonna take the points here. Wow! I don't think the Cowboys are that good. <laughs> you know, I think that's why the spread is only 4.5. And I think these Brownies—they've—they've uh, they've done a nice job moving the football. They got a really good rushing attack. Cowboys struggle stopping the run. I think their defense. I think the Browns' defense is a little better than than people give them credit for, and they have a good pass rush. Tyron Smith did not practice today is my understanding he's missed the last two games so that offensive line has struggled a little bit the Cowboys have scored a lot of points uh, but they have had some uh, uh, some protection issues and I like Miles Garrett and I like that uh, Cleveland Browns defensive line to put some pressure on him I'll take the
1: points. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, the Cowboys are one and two, and their one win game with this mir- miraculous comeback by against the biggest chokers in the NFL, which is a nice little <laughs> note here, Jimmy. Yeah. You, you, you for for no really good reason, uh, <laughs> you, you threw into this pick segment last week. We weren't even talking about. Uh, the the Falcons or the Bears directly, yeah. <laughs> and and you threw it in there that um that the Falcons are definitely going to beat the Bears. I was very beat- excited to bet events, to bet against the Bears yes. as soon as I possibly could, and I was right for a little while mm. because
0: they were down twenty six to ten, and they bench Mitchell Trubisky, and when they did that mid game, I was like oh. No, because I, I, <laughs> like, I knew I had it. Like, when, when they were down 16, I was like, well, he's not leading them back. So I knew I had that win in, in my pocket. And then uh, they, they bench him for Foles. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, he's. <laughs> I'm thinking, if they, but now they at least have a chance. I didn't think they were going to come back. But in my mind, I'm like, well, at least they have a chance now. And sure enough, they come back and they win. So, like, my thinking was sort of right, but... It's funny that, that I did kind of bring them up, like, unprompted. Like, I was really looking at that game, and I was like, I'm going to bet the shit out of that game, and then I, you
1: know, I lose it. What are you going to do? The specific line you use is like I don't care how big of chokers the Falcons are and then they <laughs> choked it away and I love how you you just have to love the you know the same day that Carson wentz looks awful that Foles you know leads the Bears <laughs> to come back win right. and it's it's perfect too because Foles wasn't even that good like when you look back at the the stats are good but when you look back at some of the throws he made like his highlight, like Michael Kist, you know BDN right in 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 the, the Bears Falcons game you mean yeah okay like, there's this one play where like he's, like, rolling left. He throws off his back foot as he's being pressured. <laughs> he throws into, like, triple coverage. It goes through a Falcons defender's hands, and Jimmy Graham catches it. It's like, that's Nick Foles. That's Nick Foles right there. It's <laughs> yes. like, I, I just, anyway. There, I, I did see
0: another one where he, I mean, he was fine throw. Like, he didn't do anything wrong or anything like that. But he, it, he threw it to Allen Robinson, and there were two Falcons defenders there. And it just bounced off of him, and then he uh-huh. like ran. They got the next around like the final twenty yards, <laughs> like untouched or whatever. But like there are two, like two guys missed it. And he's like what should have been an easy tackle on him. The one throw that he did throw that, like the one throw that he did make that was really impressive. Was yeah, was a great. shot while he was throwing. Yep, and
1: uh, he put it right on the money. Yeah, and look, obviously, don't need to relitigate Nick Foles on my <laughs> end, but you can do great things. But it also, I I feel like he's incredibly. Fortunate sometimes, and he's it's, it's touched. Crazy. He's touched by God sometimes, for sure. He is. Um, but getting back to the Cowboys game, uh I'll take the Cowboys four and a half. That defense has a lot of issues; they allow a lot of points. But you did say it; they can also score a lot. I think Dak is like over four fifty yards in the past two games. Uh, I just I, I like you know C D Lamb a lot, and I think the cow. I don't know what to make of the Browns fully yet, so I can't put that trust in them with the points. I'll take the Cowboys also just because it's fun to go opposite of you. Giants. Well, sorry, before we move on, one quick
0: thing. So I got a question that I thought was kind of fun during the uh, during the chat. The, the, the premise of the question was basically like, is Dak better than Wentz now? And like it got kind of got me thinking. Like, it, it's it's kind of seesawed back and forth with those two. Like their rookie years, twenty sixteen, Dak was clearly the better quarterback. Twenty seven. Yeah, I mean, did he win rookie of the year or was it Zeke? He did. It, he did win, a right? Yeah, okay. A total and then, Sham. <laughs> <but> Zeke should have <laughs> won. It should have been. It should have been Zeke. Yeah. And then 2017, you know, Wentz has the near MVP season. He's clearly better at that point. 2018, uh, you know, the Cowboys have a decent season. Wentz has a down year coming back from that ACL. Dak is better at that point. 2019, you know, Carson beats him in that Week 16 game. Uh, Dallas sort of flames out. Disappointing season. They don't make the playoffs. Now Wentz is better again. (laughs) <laughs> 2020 Dak is way better than Wentz at this point uh, in the season, so maybe uh, next year, 2021, it'll it'll swing back to Carson
1: again. Giants are 13 point underdogs against the Rams. <laughs> yeah, Oh, the Giants are so bad. Who? But, but it was funny.
0: Like I forget who this was. Probably better not to name them if you can figure if you if you remember
1: who it was. But they're like, there's no more free lunches against the Giants anymore. Like <laughs> I, I will say the name, and he's come on the podcast before, and he is a great guy, from what I know. Oh, now and I'm going to feel bad. A very, I, I like Mike. It's Mike Garfield. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 I like Mike. Uh, too. But <laughs> you know, I like Mike, so it's nothing against him. Uh, but he's also a former like Giants reporter, so I felt like you know that was kind of like you know maybe like a Giants, a pro Giants. Oh, well, he's a source. Philly guy. He is, but he also covered, you know, the Giants too there for yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah. the Star Ledger. So I think that was like a pro Giants, you know, source kind of in his ear, <laughs> okay. kinda like yeah, making I him say that. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. So I'll
0: disagree. The Giants are a free lunch.
1: <laughs> they uh even, even more so
0: than ever, maybe. Yeah, they're they're a punching bag of a team right now. I will take the i I'll lay the thirteen.
1: I'll 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 take the Rams all day on that. Yeah, I there's nothing else to say. Yeah. <laughs> agree. Eagles at 49ers. Oh, I guess I should say Daniel Jones has uh, twice as many turnovers this year as touchdowns. So not great Uh, Eagles at 49ers. The Eagles are seven point underdogs And I have no idea how you can take the Eagles to win this game If you want to take them with the points, maybe you think they can get like, uh, you know garbage time uh, backdoor cover here Okay, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility Maybe you know the 49ers injuries that they have proved to be you know more damaging this week than we saw last week. Like maybe you're looking at the Jim Schwartz thing I brought up earlier. maybe he just has like Kyle Shanahan's number and that's something like we'll look at after the fact if somehow the Eagles pull off this win, they'll be like, oh, he actually just does play well against him for some reason. So maybe I think it's you can make the case where I, I think you're not a total crazy person if you take plus seven, but I just don't see how you could think they win this game and I will take the Eagles to lose this game by actually 18 points, 28 to 10.
0: I think the Eagles only chance in this game is if they really get that pass rush going again, like they did week three, but it's going to be hard to do because they've run the ball a lot and they like, they like the Rams to them. they run a lot of their things off of that run game. And uh, when they are passing, they get the ball out quickly. So it's really difficult for the D line to sort of take over this game. Like they almost did uh, against the Bengals week three. And I just think it's a bad matchup for them. And I think they're going to get pumped. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I'd probably put it at somewhere around like a 17 to 20 point loss. So if we're going to predict a score, I'll go 33 to 20. Boom. Second it's actually only a 13 point loss. Now let's go 33-17. Boom.
1: Done. So that's been an incredibly upbeat, positive episode <laughs> about your Philadelphia Eagles yes. here on BGN Radio. Jimmy, do you have any final thoughts? Get out there and vote. For the not horrible guy, vote definitely. Um, also check out the SB Nation NFL show. You can, you know, go subscribe to that. Obviously, I'm on there on Tuesdays with Rob Stats Guerrero, who's a 49ers fan. I picked the Eagles to lose. We do kind of like a, a take it to the bank team every week, like a survivor pick kind of Rams, but for me thing. this week, by the way. Okay, so Rams, I, I did the 49ers this week. Okay. Uh, you can listen to me explain that and more, and other NFL wide topics on the SB Nation NFL Show. You can also hear Michael Kiss; he's on there twice a week. Subscribe to that and leave a rating review. We're trying to build that up because it's a whole new thing this season. So do that. Also, again, check out righteousfelin dot Righteous Felon Craft Jerky—you know, a lot of good meat snacks. I'm a big fan of the tubes. You know, so it's it's not just like the jerky too. It's like those those sticks. You know, there's there's other competitor meat stick products out there, and, and my experience those some of those I've had have been like terrible. I had the tubes for Mitostellen, and they're so good. They're the best. So go check that out and use discount code BGN15. That checkout for 15% off. And until next time, Jimmy. Goodbye, everybody. B-G-N.